Well, guys, today's message is uh, is uh, kind of a, a little offshoot of last week. Okay, last week we talked about the storms of life. No, I didn't know it was going to rain like it rained on Friday. <laughs> if, if I known, I would have preached a different message. Okay, I preached on sunshine. I don't know, on something different. But um, today's message will begin uh, with Mark chapter number four. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me there and. Um, this is a story that we shared last week, and, and it just, again, shows us one more time the Lord's ability. But uh, we shared this story last week in the storms of life, but I want us to focus on an issue that so many of us as believers struggle with. You know, believers can still struggle. Believers can still struggle, okay? The good news is we don't have to struggle alone. The good news is we have a friend in Jesus, amen? The good news is we don't have to fight Mike all by ourselves. we got somebody who's got our back, okay? We've got somebody in our corner, okay? And, um, and today I want to encourage those of you as believers who are struggling just a little bit today that God's got this, okay? God's with you. God's there to help you and, and strengthen you and deliver you. And, and if you struggle with this one area we're talking about this morning, I'm going to go a step further and say God has told me that he's going to deliver you and he's going to set you free. So let's read about it. It's in Mark chapter number 4. Pick up reading in verse number 35. And uh, real, real soon, I just got to go ahead and warn you, real soon your pastor's going to start using readers up here, okay? Because the lighting is terrible in here, okay? has nothing to do with the lighting, okay? That's something to do with me being 45, okay? By the way, Miss Chantel bought me some glasses, okay? And if you walk in the house, every boys have seen this already. Me with my glasses down here on my nose, it's where I look like Brother Moore, okay? I mean, everything but the strip, okay? But, um, by the way, so good to see Myra and Tracy with us this morning. Also, so good to have my mom. Give my mom a hand back there. Mom, love you. I only have one of them. Hey, why do you recognize your mom? Because she's my mom, okay? And uh, if you were my mom, I'd recognize you. But uh, thank you for being with us today, Mom. So glad that, that you're here. Mark chapter number 4, beginning with verse number 35. It says, In the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, his disciples, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat against the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Man, can you imagine? You know, it's kind of amazing. We freak out over things that doesn't really freak the Lord out, okay? The disciples were were worked up. They were they were excited. Sister Garland, they were like, we're going down, and Jesus was sound asleep. So they woke him up, and they said unto him, Master, do you not care that we're about to perish? So he arose, rebuked the wind, said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Let us sink in, guys. Stuff just doesn't calm down that quickly. But when Jesus says, peace be still, things happen pretty quickly. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, guys, in this story, fear was the feeling that the disciples were really dealing with. And this is confirmed because Jesus said, why are you so fearful? What's going on, boys? I'm on this ship. This ship ain't going down. Okay? But he asked the question to his disciples, why are you so fearful? 
Today, church, I would ask some of you that same question. Why are you so fearful? Why do you continue to allow fear to hold you back? Why do you continue to allow this feeling that we call fear to keep you from the abundant life that Jesus promised all of us? Today, I want to take a closer look at what the Bible says about fear and allow the Lord to set us free from this terrible plague that calls itself fear. Amen? Let's pray together, can we? Lord, I just thank you for your word, Lord, and I thank you that your word is a guide. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are going to touch people's lives today. You're going to touch people sitting in this sanctuary. You're going to touch people watching by Facebook. And God, you told me in prayer that you're going to set people free from fear. And I am standing on that promise, Lord. I am believing that there are people in this place that have struggled with fear for the very last time. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just help the words of your Bible, the truth of this scripture, to just speak truth to people's lives. Touch us today, Lord, and set us free from this plague that we call fear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what is fear? Fear is defined as an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Anxious concern. Profound reverence and awe, especially toward God, a reason for alarm or danger. Now, one of these four definitions is a pretty good thing for all believers to have. I'll let you guess which one. The other three, though, can and will rob you of the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Remember in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that to the fullest, okay? Fear will keep you from living the abundant life. Fear will hold you back. It'll be like something pulling at you that'll keep you from walking in victory with Jesus Christ. But it doesn't have to. Today, God wants to set you free from that. God wants to deliver his people from fear. You know, I heard it said that fear has sabotaged more dreams than failure ever could. Let me say that again. Fear has sabotaged more dreams than failure ever could. Imagine what you could do or would already have done if fear didn't exist. Think about that for a second. I believe this is why we took a few minutes on Monday night's prayer and praise time to specifically call out and pray against this vile spirit of fear. Those of you that were with us on Monday night, you remember that? We took some time. We prayed specifically against fear. We prayed that this would be a fear-free zone because when fear is out the way, it leaves an amazing area for faith to grow. Amen? And you and I need to be people of faith, okay? So, guys, I just want to challenge you. Fear has cost us so very much. So those of you that struggle with fear today, let's deal with it today. Amen? Let's take care of that nonsense today. Fear and faith, like oil and water, don't mix very well. They often coexist, but one will always win out. Are you consistently walking in faith or in fear? Are you consistently making decisions based upon fear or based upon faith? Whatever your answers may be, God spoke to me in prayer that he wants to set his people free from fear today. Amen? So let's take a closer look at fear and then allow God to take that fear that has held some of us back for so very long and set you free today for good. You see, fear, I'm taking this word and I'm 
creating an acrostic, okay? So those of you that are pretty excited, that I only have four points for my sermon today, okay? So let's get started. The F says, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. There's an amazing Christian song written by Zach Williams that played in my radio this week, and I just want to read you the powerful words to this thing. If I could sing, I'd sing it to you, but I can't sing, okay? Remember, I have a rule at this church. Preachers preach, singers sing. Brother Mike, if you've been wondering, why didn't the preacher sing here? Well, it's because I'm the preacher, okay? So here's the words to the song, Fear is a Liar. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough. The chorus says, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear, he is a liar. When he told you you're not, you're, when he told you we're troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and should be ashamed, when he told you you couldn't, you couldn't be the one that that you would be the one that grace could never change. Fear, he is a liar. You see, guys, fear is a liar. I've also heard fear is described as false evidence that appears real. Think about some of the things that we're scared of. Think about some of the things that bring fear in our lives. It is amazing what fear can do when we begin to think about all the scenarios that could happen, huh? When we start thinking about, doesn't your mind come up with some crazy, outlandish things sometimes? David, when you begin to think about fear, when you begin to think about all the scenarios that could happen, man, you could get worked up over all the things that could happen. Believe it or not, there was a day I was fearful to ask that pretty girl out, okay? Chad, remember going to school with me? Okay, now I remember it a long time ago, and I was a pretty cool dude. Okay, okay. I was a little nervous, okay? Now I wasn't scared of many things, but I was scared that she would tell me no. I was scared of rejection. I was worried, Pastor, now, now, I mean, could you imagine her saying no to me? Okay, but I was scared to go, baby, would you come with me to the dance, okay? And by the way, one of these days, I'll tell you the crazy story about that dance, okay? But here's the thing. Fear kept me from asking. But here's the thing. What if she'd say yes? She did eventually say yes. She said yes to marrying me. She said yes to living with me and putting up with me. And for 25 years, it's been the best 25 years of her life. Isn't it amazing what a yes can do? <laughs> Ooh, that look says it all. Okay? But here's the deal. Fear kept me from asking. What has fear kept you from? Well, it gets quiet now. Huh? It's nice when you get to laugh at me, but how about we talk about you? What has fear cost you? You know, some of you, it's cost you relationships. Some of you, it's cost you promotions. Some of you, it's cost you a job. It's cost you a marriage. It's cost you a family. Fear has robbed you of so very much. But God wants to set you free. Because fear is a liar. Fear is not something that we as believers should have to deal with. Why? Because fear has already been dealt with. Amen? Fear was dealt with at the cross. So guys, if fear is a liar, what is the truth? I submit to you that this Bible is still the truth. Okay? When you want to know what the truth is, you've got to go to the Bible. 
Okay? So let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about fear. Those of you that struggle with fear, take some notes this morning. Write down some of these scriptures because I promise you it'll help you. Okay? You can't talk about fear without starting in 2 Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, talking about fear. The Bible says, verse number 7, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Just simply memorize that. When you're struggling with fear, God didn't give it to you. Okay? Fear does not come from God. It comes from the evil one. It comes from the enemy of our souls. The spirit of fear does not come from God. Amen? So the truth is so simple. Fear doesn't come from God. What comes from God? Power, love, and a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather that over fear. Come on, somebody. Fear does not come from God. Now, let's continue. 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 18, again talking about fear. John writes, there is no fear, say no fear, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Guys, there is no fear in love. God loves you. God is love. So the closer you get to God, the more fear has to go. Amen? So there's no fear in love. The writer of the, the Psalms had a little bit to say about fear as well. So let's turn there. Psalms chapter number 34. Again, those of you that are struggling with fear, write down these scriptures that it help you. It'll help you. It'll help you grow. It'll help you stay delivered once God sets you free. Psalm 34, verse number 4. David writes, I've sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from what? All my isn't it good to know that God hears us when we pray? Isn't it good to know that when you seek Him, He hears you? But David said, I sought the Lord, He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. David continues with Psalm number 56. Psalm 56, verse number 3. The Bible says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in Him. Guys, there will be times that you're going to deal with fear. There will be times that the spirit of fear will attack you. At those times, obey Psalm 56.3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I will trust in God. David continued with Psalm 118. Turn there. Psalm 118, verse number 6. Psalm 118, verse number 6. The Bible says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You see, guys, if God's on your side, what is there to fear? If God's got your six, if God's got your back, if God's in your corner, what do you have to fear? Now, here's the thing you got to make sure of, that God's in your corner. You see, David had a relationship with God. God David knew God. He was able to say that God is for me. We need to make sure that we're on God's side. Okay? We need to make sure that God is for us. We need to make sure that we're living for God and we're serving God and we're doing what we need to do to make sure God's for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Why is there any reason to fear? What can man do to me? Isaiah chapter number 41 continues to talk about God's ability. Isaiah 41, verse number 10. The prophet writes, 
fear not, for I am with thee. Do not be dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Guys, it's really simple. God says, don't fear. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 9. I love this scripture. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 9. Joshua is coming into his leadership. He's been serving Moses. Moses is now gone. And he's got to lead the children of Israel. He's worried. He's concerned. He's anxious. And in verse number 9, God settles the matter for Joshua by saying, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Well, that's good encouragement, huh? That's good encouragement to Joshua. It's good encouragement to you and I today. You see, guys, when you and I as believers choose fear over faith, it greatly displeases the Lord. Knowing these scriptures, knowing what God has said, that we should not fear, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, when you choose to fear, when you choose to let fear reign in your life, it is sin. And sin separates us from God. Sin is so far less than what God wants in your life. Stop choosing fear over faith. Amen? So, we got to remember, guys, fear, he is alive. The second letter of fear is E, and it reminds us that everyone experiences feelings of fear. Every one of us. If you say, I'm not scared of anything, you have another problem. It's called lying. Okay? Yeah, yesterday, Brother John came to look at something at the parsonage, and he said, hey, you want to come up there and look? He goes, you're scared of heights? And I said, I don't really like them a whole lot, even though if you'd see me in the fire department, you could never tell, okay? I don't mind getting up on an eight-foot roof. It's another thing, changing one of these lights way up there. Okay, that's why we have Seth Dinger in our church, okay? But hey, um, you know, again, fear is something we all experience, okay? We all struggle with. By the way, you're looking up on, that don't look too high. Yeah, I used to say those same things from down there, okay? But everyone experiences feelings of fear. Fear is a very common emotion that all people feel on a regular basis. Except for believers, fear really is a temptation for us to choose faith or fear. You see, guys, fear is an emotion, but fear is really a choice for us as believers. Will we, how will we respond to that fear? How will we deal with that fear? Will we stand on the truth of what God's Word says about fear, or will we cave to fear? So really, fear for the believer is an opportunity to choose. I did a little research on fear or on phobias, and I found a Washington Post article in 2014 that said America's top three fears were public speaking, fear of heights, and fear of bugs. Can anybody relate? Okay? Now, obviously, public speaking, not my problem, okay? But some of you, if I asked you to take this mic and say something, you would... Okay? Now, people do not like public speaking, okay? Some people do not like bugs, okay? Some people do not like lizards. Some people do not like heights, okay? Now, compare that to occasions' top three fears. Number one, a rougarou. Number two, Walmart boudin. And a tie for three, Chinese crawfish. And after last year, NFL officials, okay? Those are occasions' top three. Three fears, okay? 
But see, we all deal with that, don't we? We all struggle with fears. We all struggle with the feelings of fears. So I did some other uh, research, and I found some pretty strange phobias out there. Give me just a minute or two. I'll read over a few of them, okay? A couple of them that just are kind of strange, kind of weird. One of them is called isotrophobia. What is that? It's the fear of mirrors. Really? How do you go to a bathroom? You know, I mean, how do you do that? Fear of mirrors, okay? Now, I've been fearful what that mirror is going to show me sometimes, okay? Because how many know there was a day like hate and I would flex? Now there's a day I just avoid mirrors. Can anybody relate? Okay? But there's a fear of mirrors. Umbrophobia is the fear of rain. Okay? How do you live in South Louisiana with umbrophobia? I should say umbrophobia, like umbrella. But uh, numerophobia is fear of numbers. Hunter, I really hope you don't have that if you're going to be a math major. Okay? That may be some of y'all problems in math. How many hated math? That might be your problem. Numerophobia. Or how about uh, myricophobia, fear of ants? I don't like them little critters, okay? Or ephibiophobia, fear of teenagers. Pastor Ronnie, you certainly do not have that, okay? Now, Chad, you might have fear of young children after getting uh, uh, baptized last week in nursery. By the way, thank you. I'm teasing my my, my, my brother-in-law because I think he got spit up on by a little child. But thank you for your service to the Lord, okay? But fear of teenagers is something some pastor Ronnie certainly does not have. Or how about a a leukotrophobia, fear of chickens? Where's Chuck at? Is that why Chuck left Popeyes? Do you think that's why Chuck left Popeyes? Okay, fear of chickens. Okay, and again, crazy stuff here. Globophobia, fear of balloons. Zoophobia, fear of animals. Chantel, is that why you don't like Simba? You have zoophobia. Pray for my wife. I think she has Simbaphobia. Name of my cat. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, nomophobia, fear of being without a smartphone. Teenagers? Nomophobia, hey, Kate and Hayden, have a little nomophobia right now in Jesus' name and get off that smartphone. We'll have a deliverance time for our, our teenagers in a little while. Nomophobia, fear of being without your smartphone. Somnophobia, fear of falling asleep. Pastor Ryan, might be you. Okay. Uh, rant, rantidiophobia, fear of frogs. Sebophobia, fear of food. None of us Cajuns have that. Um, Frisophobia, Sister Garland, I called you out before church. Fear of being cold, okay? Sister uh, Sister Annalie, that might be you too. Frigophobia, you don't like being cold, okay? Ergophobia, fear of work. I won't comment on that. From the most common to the very strange and obscure fear is a lie. Fear is a feeling that is very common to all of us, and we have to deal with it, but how we choose to deal with it, how we choose to respond to fear is really what this message is all about, and it's really what you and I, you and I as believers need to learn. So let's get to the last two letters of the acrostic of fear. The letter A stands for acknowledge, admit, and be aware you are experiencing fear. You see, the first step to dealing with any problem is admitting you have a problem, okay? You know what? My wife and I, we do counseling from time to time. We love doing marriage counseling because after 25 years, we've learned a thing or two, okay? It's amazing to me, though, that folks that are in a troubled marriage, they won't admit it. They're like, we good. We got this. 
Okay? You know, when it'd be like you driving a little clunker and saying, I don't have a problem with my car. Okay? You try to start the thing up, and it don't start. You start running down the road, and it's like, why are you, are you something wrong with your car? No, I'm good. Okay? I'm good. You know, you have to admit you have a problem sometimes, huh? And so many times when it comes to fear, we're like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I got this. Okay? I got this. Okay? You said, no, I ain't scared. Okay? But the first thing we have to admit is that we have a problem and that we're dealing with fear and that we're feeling the emotion of fear. Again, guys, everybody's going to feel it. Everybody's going to experience it. It's how you deal with it. It's how you choose to act upon the feeling of fear. Fear, like all feelings, is very real. But what we always say about feelings, though they're real, they're not always accurate. Okay? Do not trust your feelings. Your feelings will betray you. Okay? Fear is just a feeling. Admit that you're experiencing fear so that you can make a choice as to how to respond. Now, some fear or caution is warranted. Like when working with electricity, I call Brother Jerry. Okay? When working with plumbing, I call Brother Mike. Okay? Because I don't like getting bit by electricity and I don't like messing with the things Brother Mike messes with, okay? So again, having a little fear, having a little caution is a wise thing. But how many know sometimes, sometimes fear is just craziness. Sometimes your mind thinks of crazy things. But I remember one time having a little caution was a good thing. Long time ago, me and my children's pastor would pick up kids on Wednesday nights in the Zounders, okay, and bring them back home after church. Well, after church, Brother Jared, we had a big old rain, okay, and we're driving the van, he and I are in the front, we've got a bunch of kids in the back, and we see an alligator in the road, okay? Now, he looked to us like he was small enough to play with, so we decide, let's catch the gator and show the kids. It's going to be awesome, Okay. So we, we stopped the van, and we have the lights on the gator, me and him are out, and we're heading toward that thing, and he backs up, and he gets off, and he, we kind of backed him into like a corner, okay? And he's hissing, and he ain't too happy, okay? He doesn't really want to be a part of show and tell, and, and Mike, as we got closer to him, what we thought was probably a three- or a four-foot alligator probably was a little more like a five, maybe even six-foot, Okay? And then I mentioned to you he's not too happy, okay? So he's backed up, and he's hissing, and he's got his mouth wide open, and I'm moving in, and, and Zach, uh, uh, Vic is moving in with me, and I'm starting to slow down a little bit because I'm beginning to get a little apprehensive, maybe, and, and I stop, and I'm maybe from me to Mike Gilmore, and there's that gator, and I look at Vic, and I say, Vic, you're a little bigger than I want to fool with, you know, Whew. I'm so glad you aborted that mission, Pastor, because I was with you, but I was thinking at the moment we got out of the truck that this ain't such a good idea, okay? So so maybe caution was a good thing in that thing, okay? I have all my fingers, all my toes, okay? Now, the kids really, really gave us a hard time when we got back in the van. They were like, I thought you were going to get him. Like, you big, big. Almost said, you go get him, okay? Then we have like a little kid, you know, little nub. Okay? But here's the deal. Sometimes caution is a good thing, right? That was probably a good idea, okay? Now, when you were telling me a story about a gator getting caught at the water plant, that's probably a good idea. We had a little gator in our ditch after the rain. Aiden was trying to catch him. I'm glad he did. Probably a good idea. Sometimes having a little caution is a good thing. But so many times, fear is irrational. So many times, we get all worked up over things that will never, ever happen. But everybody deals 
comes with fear. It comes down to how will you deal with it. See, what we must be what we must be alert to as believers is an attack by a spirit of fear. Okay? A spirit of fear is something that attacks us as believers. And God was crystal clear in 1 Timothy 1 and 7 that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So when we're feeling fear, when we're being maybe attacked by a spirit of fear, how should we respond? That brings us to our final letter and our final point today. R stands to respond to fear correctly. You see, guys, we're all going to experience it. We're all going to feel it. We're all going to go through these feelings. But it's up to us to respond correctly. You see, if you are under an attack of fear, by an irrational spirit of fear, recognize it as a spiritual attack and stand on God's Word. Stand on the promises I gave you. That's why I had you write them down. Stand on the promises of James 4 and 7 that says, Submit unto God, resist the devil, and he's got to do what? He's got to flee. That fear will go. That spirit of fear will go. You can rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You as believers can stand in victory over fear if you'll respond correctly. Solicit prayer from other believers. Now that means you have to admit you're struggling. That means you have to admit that that you're going through some fearful times. It's okay to call a prayer partner. It's okay to call the church. It's okay to reach out to the pastor or his wife and say, would you pray for me? I'm struggling with fear. I'm, I'm struggling in this area. It's okay to do that. And then here's the thing. When an attack comes by fear, do whatever God has told you to do. And I remember at my first church, I was dealing with a situation, and, and I really wasn't sure how to handle it. I talked to Walt Rose, and he just told me a bunch of stories, okay? I prayed about it, and I still didn't have an answer, okay? And, and I, Brother Charles, I just didn't know how to respond. And, and I remember I was, I made up my mind what I thought I was going to do, and all of a sudden, fear came out of me. It was a spirit of fear. It was an attack. It was like Ronnie if somebody put a gun at me. That's how fearful I felt. And you know what? It was the worst move the enemy could ever make. Because I've since learned how to deal with fear. And when I've made a decision, when I believe the Lord is in something, Brother Mike, when the enemy comes with fear, instead of hitting the brakes, this crazy Cajun hits the gas. Because it's how do you respond to fear? How many times is there something that maybe the Lord tells you to do? Like maybe sometimes a missionary comes and shares and you say, and the Lord tells you, give a hundred bucks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't the Lord. Who was that? You know, who, 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 what? No, no, I can't do that. Again, fear, it costs you a blessing. It, it, it can cost you so much. But I've made a decision of what I was going to do. It was a big church decision. And then fear came my way, and that was confirmation to me that I was doing the right thing. So when fear comes, when attack of fear comes, do whatever it is God told you to do before the fear came. Why? Because fear doesn't come from the Lord. Fear comes from the enemy. So you need to respond correctly. You need to do whatever God has told you to do. Also, we learned this last week, trade your fear for peace. Trade your fear for peace. Turn with me to Philippians chapter number 4. I'm almost done. Philippians chapter number 4. You can trade your fear. You can trade your anxiety. You can trade all that for peace. Philippians chapter number 4. The Bible says this in verse number 6. 
Be careful for nothing. Worry about nothing. But in everything, say everything. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, guys, you can trade that worry, you can trade that fear, you can trade that anxiety for peace. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good trade. That's a pretty good trade. Nick, you sent me a pretty good trade for LSU pitching. That would be a good trade, wouldn't it? This is an even better trade. Okay? This is a good trade. How many would like to trade that anxiety, that fear you've been struggling with for peace? and strength and comfort. You can do it. Trade that. And then finally, I close with the ultimate antidote for fear. As I was praying for this message, the Lord dropped this nugget in my heart. Closeness to God or intimacy with the Father is the cure for fear. Let me say that again. Closeness to God or intimacy with the Father is the cure for fear. You see, in my personal prayer uh, time, I have, I have some songs that I love to listen to. They're by, by Clint Brown, who's just an amazing psalmist. And, and he sings a song called, When You Hold Me. Okay? And it says, when you hold me, fear slips away. And I was praying for this message right here in this sanctuary, and this song was played, and, and it just reminded me of a time that, that in the presence of the Lord, fear has got to go. So those of you that are struggling with fear, those of you that are struggling with anxiety, friends, do everything I've told you to do. But then the exclamation point, the final death nail of fear, is getting closer to God. Intimacy with the Father. This lines up with 1 John 4 and 18 that says, In love there is no fear. As Pastor Tommy comes, let me close with a personal story to, uh, to illustrate this point. I've got two sons. They're 17 and 18, and they're amazing young men, and I'm so very proud of them. But like all children, there was a time that they struggled a little bit with fear. Okay? And I'll let you guess, one of them struggled a little bit more. Now, today, that would be hard to imagine. Hayden, would you stand up for me for just a second? This young man, sit, Keon, don't laugh, okay? I'm going to talk to Mr. Michelle and get some stories on you, okay? But this young man is six foot tall, 205 pounds, and, and going to be an all-state linebacker, and he's just tough as nails. Thank you, Hayden, for, for standing up and, and doing everything that I tell you to do, okay? By the way, it's tough being a preacher's kid because you're always the illustration. But when you look at that young man today, you're like, no way he could struggle with fear. Well, guess what? He wasn't always six foot, wasn't always 200. There was a time growing up that he was just a little fella like all of us. And, and he would struggle with fear, okay? And, and, and sometimes it was probably his big brother taking him on a little bit, okay? I could tell there used to be a show called Finding Bigfoot. And I could tell when they'd watch that. Do you ever remember that show? That was an awesome show, huh? They'd come in my, my, my room. They'd go, I was like, y'all watching Bigfoot again? <laughs> okay. So you got to watch what your kids watch, okay? But we're not talking about finding Bigfoot. We're not talking about anything that they, they, they got scared watching TV. There were just times that a spirit of fear would attack that young man. So we put scriptures up. Now, Shantae, you remember that? We had them all over the wall. We even had them on the ceiling, okay? And, I mean, that way, when he's laying in bed, he looks on the ceiling. And what did he say? Hey, when I am afraid, I will call on the Lord, okay? Yeah, kind of like that. It's that scripture I shared, Okay. So we had all those things on, and there were still moments that he'd still be afraid, and he'd call out to us, okay? And sometimes we'd say, read the 
Fear has got to go. Anxiety has got to go. Worry. 